Hooked on Sports. What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 19 of Hooked on Sports here on all of the podcast platforms across the web. My name is John Flynn, and thank you so very much for joining me again this evening as we get into some more of the sports conversation that's been surrounding the sports universe. It's been two weeks since I was since I uploaded here and so like my apologies for last week. So we're gonna go a little bit softer this week as we as we still have some sports conversation to talk about and I can't wait to get into all of the NFL quarterback situations that, that as we get into the scouting combine and get into free agency and the NFL draft. We gotta get into the Yankees. We're gonna get into the NBA All Star game. We're gonna get into with the, the landscape of the NBA in a little bit. But at the end of the last podcast, and we got to start right here. At the end of the last podcast, I talked about the Houston Astros and how they didn't let the reporters into the clubhouse and how they're not transparent with the allegations about the cheating scandal. And this was two weeks ago, Wednesday night, This uh, la- uh, two weeks ago when... I recorded this, and sure, I wanted to get something out there on Wednesday, but about 12 hours after I put episode number 18 on on the airwaves, I it took the entire situation took an ugly turn. Not even 12 hours after I posted that episode. So, in the the press conference that I was talking about. Astros owner Jim Crane and manager Dusty Baker, alongside with Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman, had a press conference. And here are some of the quotes that came out of this. So, the, the, but the big thing is uh, concerning Jim Crane. So, Jim Crane was, was, uh, made a statement and he said, Our opinion is that this didn't impact the game. We had a good team. We won the World Series, and we'll leave it at that. A few minutes later, however, Kane backtracked and changed the story on his previous statement. I didn't say it didn't impact the game. Basically, as the commissioner said in his report, he's not going to go backwards. It's hard to determine how it impacted the game, if it it impacted the game, and that's how we're going to leave it. Then, Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve were on the podium for a combined, what, 90 seconds? And they didn't seem to be genuine in apology for benefiting from the sign-stealing scandal. And look, we have to be fair here. We got, we got to put all the facts in. And this is, this is about the, the legalities of the, of the powers of the commissioner. And under the collective bargaining agreement that all the parties signed up for a few years ago, the Astros really couldn't have been suspended legally because then Major League Baseball would lose big time to the courts for having violated clauses of the labor agreement and it would have been a lot been lockout waiting to happen and it would have been a very ugly turn for the uh, between the Players Association and the owners and and that. But we're talking about but that is the ethical side about things. But 
we're talking about the moral side, and all of the parties surround, including the media, and, my, and you, yeah, you can say myself alike, are talking about the moral side. Sure, we should be talking about the ethical side because of, of, of the backlash that the Astros are getting from opposing fan bases, but the, the moral side needs, needs to go out as well. But see, this is what ideally we should be talking about in terms of baseball conversation. Spring training games started last weekend. The league is going to be competitive. The seasons have turned. We'll track position battles across the landscape of Major League Baseball. But not this year. Everyone is talking about the Houston Astros and the players' reactions to the cheating scandal. And rightfully so. When you look at the stars like Aaron Judge and Cody Bellinger, Bellinger saying that Altuve in essence took the MVP away from Judge in 2017. The Houston Astros, and I will, I do want to say this again about the Astros. They're going to be competitive. They're going to make the playoffs. But the Houston Astros have turned themselves from a well-oiled, unstoppable machine to the most absolute pathetic disgrace in all sports as a baseball fan and, I'm, and as a baseball fan the Houston Astros are offensive to the senses Jim Crane and the Astros before that cringy press conference put on a master class on how not to handle baseball's worst crisis in a century and go back on my last podcast I said that the Houston Astros put on a masterclass on how not to handle a public relations disaster. Well, I'm going to go further. The Houston Astros in that press conference put on a masterclass on how not to handle baseball's worst crisis in a century times four. Contradictory statements. No regard to the integrity of the game. No regard to how the league's most respected stars. But wait, there's more. There's more to this. Having LeBron James chime in about his opinion on the cheating scandal from another sport, and even though he doesn't play baseball, he plays basketball, and and he's and he's he's there with Jordan, and Jordan played baseball, not basketball. Having LeBron James chime in about this, when when LeBron says you have a problem, you have a problem. You're darn right, you have a problem. The Houston Astros are a perfect combination of arrogance and ignorance. And what, when, when you look at the conversation and and you look at how the Astros are being received by uh, by all the um, by all the opposing teams in spring training down in Florida, now they got booed. You look, you look at the Astros and and the staffers stealing the stealing the yeah the physical the physical signs you know that those posters that say that actually have words on them that are brought in there by the fans you know th- those pieces of paper yeah the Astros stole them why because they want to I don't get I don't care that so that the Astros cheated they if they could bring their signs. If this is what if this is what the Astros legacy will always be about and you look at the White Sox from from the 1919 Black Sox scandal the most infamous thing about the Chicago uh, the Chicago uh, White Sox isn't the uh, the 1917 championship and sure it took 88 years for the White Sox to uh, get their first championship since then it, it's not about it's not about 
um, about w taking down the Cubs in 1906 when the Cubs won 116 games in the World Series. It's it's not um, Luke Auplane hitting a home run at 75 years old at the at the uh, one of the old Tigers games in the 80s. It's about the 1919 Black Sox scandal, and that and that legacy lives on to this very day. There are still people talking about that. And and the Houston Nationals really think they can they can get away with this in 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 one or two years? No, history repeats itself. Night and nineteen nineteen at the end of the year we were ringing in the twenty twenties and the nineteen twenties. And you you saw all the people that had the twenties themed parties on New Year's Eve this year. And and you're telling me they're not they're not gonna let this go away. That is an absolute crime by the Houston Astros, and they deserve to be booed everywhere they go this year. You are listening to Hooked on Sports on Spotify, Copy RSS, Radio Public, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Apple Podcasts. Now, back to the show. Here's John Flynn. More of the NBA conversation, and I'm interested in, in seeing how the NBA goes with this, because you look at what they did in the All-Star game and all the changes they made to uh, to try to see make this competitive and see uh, and make the All-Star game uh, ratings go, go boom like bonanzas, and you look at what how the NBA transpired over the last, uh, or that weekend, the President's Day weekend, and li listen, I, I, uh, many people, including myself, would agree. Before the All Star Game, that the, that the twenty, the twenty four rule, where the where the team that scored and team that was in the lead needed twenty four points to secure the victory. What an absolutely tremendous idea from uh, from the, for the NBA to instill this. It, it uh, there, there's no time clock. The, the, yeah, there's still the shot clock. But there's no time limit. The, the the players can be as intense as they can without having to worry about rushing things. They they can be uh, they they can be uh, themselves. They can be competitive. They can show their spirit, and and they they put out a tremendous rule where where players actually play defense in the NBA All Star game, and that's a concept that I've been begging the NBA to do for years. What a concept! Now I want to take this further, and before I, I before I give you uh, this proposal, I think this is a huge idea, a huge prop to LeBron James for instituting this. Uh, that knowing that the the All Star Game is a great opportunity for the NBA to showcase itself, and if the if the All Star Game isn't about the fundamentals of basketball, do coaches want to watch this? Do uh, do do aspiring players want to watch this? I mean, I mean, they're gonna watch just for the entertainment, and 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 there's no real Sunday night entertainment that now that the NFL season isn't around anymore until September at least. But you have an you have an opportunity to 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 distinguish itself from Major League Base from Major League Baseball, the NFL, the National Hockey League. And I'm sh I'm sure that the NFL doesn't want to do anything with the Pro Bowl because they, because a lot of the stars are the quarterbacks and they don't want to get them hurt and and knowing how important the quarterback position is in the NFL. 
but I the the idea that LeBron James comes in and 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 and, ha- and has a problem with the way the All Star game is being played and is able to change to change the rules uh, so so not only to honor Kobe Bryant but also play basketball the way Kobe Bryant wanted it to be played that he want he that that it's no time it's no time for uh for madness it's no time for um. For silliness, it this it's an opportunity to to, to show showcase the be, the best that that the NBA has. You look, you look at in every facet of the game, and now and 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 the the, the idea that LeBron uh, uh, t- tells the players that that the this, the problems that the players have are the same problems LeBron has, and LeBron's ability to show uh, to showcase the idea. About this, and, and and for him to 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 instill himself in the players is really something that that not even Jordan would a, was able to do, not even a uh, Kobe was able to do. That LeBron James cont- continues to to show my argument for why he's better than Jordan. That yeah, Jordan uh, Jordan ap- appealed more to the fans, but. But but in the, in the from a player standpoint, from a coach's standpoint, you absolutely have to love LeBron James and the fact that that Jordan couldn't. And I think Max Kellerman made a couple of valid points. Um, and, and, and made a couple of valid points that that jo- Jordan could Jordan won all six of his championships with Phil Jackson. Kobe Bryant won all five of his championships with Phil Jackson. To- Tim Duncan won all five of his championships with, uh, so with Greg Popovich. But you, and then the Bronze won two with Eric Spoelstra. He he won one with the Cavs and Tyron Lue. And th- th- there is a possibility he might might win one with Frank Vogel. But uh, but the, now the rule that I want established in the NBA next year is that that the, the it goes back to East versus West. And the winning conference gets home court advantage in the NBA Finals. That will take the All Star Game seriously, and that will get people watching because because the best should should uh, and being the very best should decide things in, in terms of implication, seriousness, and and willingness to play in the All Star Game, and 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 it will encourage discourage the the. All Star participants and the and those selected to the All Star game not to skip it because they want to contribute to having their their uh, their conference play in play Game Seven of the NBA Finals on their home court and I I want wonder wonder if some uh, somebody out there like uh, like Giannis Antetokounmpo or or Kyle Lowry or Joel Embiid if those guys can go go out there. And showcase uh, that they they want they they really want to win a championship. They'll know uh, the fans will know who's serious and who isn't. All right. So we so we have we have that uh, have that idea proposed because and I know in in baseball that it went went along for fourteen years and I and I, and I like the idea and, until we realized that home field and home field advantage could should go to the. In in baseball, to the team with the better record, because because the NBA season is eighty two games, and the uh, as the regular season is one hundred sixty two games, and 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 we see that, 
but uh, but it, it, it makes but see the, the po- point is I want the NBA All Star game to be taken as seriously as as that in baseball and and in some cases hockey. All right, so that that that's under control. So the next the next thing I really wanted to talk about is one of the most fascinating things about about the football season and, and we and we can look at, at how how things shape up throughout the year we have with the f- five months up we have six uh, six weeks of preseason and training camp and then you have the regular season super bowl but and and then we have the uh, the the scouting combines the draft and all that and free agency but this year is one uh, is one of the most interesting years in the history uh, of, of of the off season because you have so many different teams that are that are either looking to change quarterbacks or or will wind up changing quarterbacks and it's it's going to be fascinating in both free agency and the draft and we're going to get into the draft a little bit because I think the draft will be fascinating because of the talent that's going to come out of this year's class and then next year's class as well. But there, there's, there's something, some teams that that could really use an upgrade at quarterback. So the first, the first, the idea about this is the Indianapolis Colts, and I, I, I if I were to venture a guess right now, who would be the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts in week number one? My, my, my chips right now would be on Phil Rivers as, as the L.A. Chargers, and I don't know why the Chargers are. Are, are doing this, but th- they're they're not going to give Phil Rivers any consideration for re-signing them this off season. And and Phil Rivers has played his entire 16-year career with the San Diego Chargers slash LA Chargers, and now he's giving them the boots. And I think Phil Phil Rivers I thought was one once a Charger, always a Charger, would never play an NFL game other than the Chargers, but. The, but that's the Chargers problem. The, the the idea of Phil Rivers going to the Colts, I think, makes a ton of sense on a lot of different levels because you have you have somebody that 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 can be benefit from a tremendous offensive line that they have have wide receivers and T. Y. Hilton. And I think the the Colts will dip into the wide into the extra talented wide receiver pool this year in the NFL draft. Whether it's Jerry Judy from Alabama, and I think he he would he would be available when he, when his when his time comes in the draft, or somebody like uh, like C. D. Lamb or anyone like that as well. I think Phil Rivers would, would absolutely thrive with the Indianapolis Colts. I I think you, you have you, if Phil Rivers is on the Colts, I think that they can at the very least challenge the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans and seeing what the let's see what the Titans do first before we get into there. But they should absolutely uh, be competitive in the in a in. In a what what should be wild AFC South once again, which is so unpredictable in so many different ways. So we have we have that under control, and the, there's always Tom Brady out there, and I'm begging Tom Brady to sign with the Tennessee Titans because I think the Titans make so much sense to Brady, and Brady makes so much sense to Tennessee. But uh, but the other ideas out there are the L.A. Chargers and the Vegas Raiders and 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 I saw the I saw these rumors about Brady to the Giants. But if if I were Dave Yetterman, I would advise against uh, si- uh, signing Tom Brady because because I I want 
I want the Giants to stick with the, with Daniel Jones, and I think you know, Daniel Jones made a pretty good first impression. Now he has a year of experience under his belt as a starting quarterback, and I think Pat Shermer actually, even though Pat Shermer was a dreadful in-game coach and and not not a leader of men like other NFL coaches should be, he actually did a pretty good job developing Daniel Jones over the course of the season. And sure, that that Joe Judge and I think Jason Garrett as well will improve Daniel Jones in terms of protecting the football and being more efficient with the football. But going back to the Brady thing, you have Brady and you have all these rumors about Brady staying with the Patriots and... And, and the the possible marketing techniques the Chargers and the Raiders might employ to lure Brady into uh, said franchise, uh, but but I'm but and, and I'm gonna say uh, and I already said Brady should sign with the Titans because I think he he has the offensive line which he really he, he he really struggled to have over the course of last year with the Patriots and sure the the Patriots got got by with the defense and they had. Well, one of uh, they scored over 400 points over the course of 2019. But you have you have to look at the conversation. You have to look at what's best for Brady. Does Brady want to prove he can win without Belichick? Does uh, does Brady want to uh, maintain his legacy uh, with with the Patriots by staying with the Patriots forever? I think you, you have to look at those conversations when you look at the Patriots and. And 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 maybe the, the greatest quarterback of all time not playing for Belichick anymore. That that's a really scary sight if you're a Patriots fan. But if if the if he, he says no to the Patriots, he should absolutely sign with the Tennessee Titans. But n- now what's really fascinating to me is the NFL draft. And you, you you figure you'll have three quarterbacks minimum, maybe four, maybe five if 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 a team thinks Jacob Beeson is is an NFL worthy quarterback. So we know so we, we so the Cincinnati Bengals have the number one pick. And you kind of you know you, you kind of figure they're going to draft Joe Burrow with the number one overall pick, and and I'm going to assume that's a given because uh, even though with all the conversations that have been surrounding Joe Burrow and and his ability to control the destiny of his NFL career if he doesn't want to play with a rebuilt with Zach Taylor's bonds in Cincinnati, and and we look at that. So we're going to assume. For, for all these intents and purposes, it's for February 27th, that Joe Burrow will, will be the number one overall pick. Now, what, what gets interesting is after that. So, the Washington Redskins have the number two overall pick. And they, and they just drafted Dwayne Haskins with their first round pick last year at number 15. Then you have the Lions with Matthew Stafford that exiting the prime of his career. Who, who is coming off an injury-riddled season. And then you have the Giants at four, who uh, who, who will not be in, will be the first team we know that's not going to be in the quarterback business because of Daniel Jones. And then you've got Miami at number five. And what if Miami really wants to attack a Viola? And, and I do warn the Dolphins not to make the mistake the Bears made three years ago by treat, uh, treating... Is that several uh, several top tier draft picks 
um, for uh, to move up one spot in the draft to take your franchise quarterback. And I and and I'm and I'm saying this because uh because of of the value that Tua Tagovailoa provides. And is Tua going to be the greatest quarterback in the NFL? Chances are it's probably not going going to be. But if I if I'm the Dolphins and I want to a Tiger Viola, you need I, I would absolutely just see what the Lions want at number three, see what the uh, see what the um what the Redskins are thinking with number two, maybe see uh, see what the Giants are at at number at number four if Tua Tiger Viola is still available at four, but. Uh, if, if I'm the Dolphins and and you want to attack Viola, I think you'll, I think you'll need to fir- first try to try to trade Josh Rosen again, and 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 I and I know it's going to be brutal for him at age 22 or 23 to be on three different teams already already as a first round pick. But but I think you need to you need to get more picks just just like you got from the Texans you, for the. Uh, for for the trade uh, for the trades they made uh, maybe with the Steelers for um in the make of Fitzpatrick trade what they already got from there, but I but if if the Dolphins are really invest on going all all in on on the rebuild and and want to take two attack of Viola I think the Dolphins should should trade Josh Rosen to to get more draft picks so so uh, Brian Flores' bunch can have more young talent and more. More to work around in terms of more options on the table, but the, the but that's that's the Dolphins. But if I, if I'm the Lions, so the Lions have third overall pick, and and we uh, Matthew Stafford has not won a playoff game for the for the Lions, and he's and and even though he's been uh, been a tremendous franchise quarterback for the for the franchise since he was drafted in 09, but. Um, but it was an organizational problem that that denied the Lions a real chance to uh, get get their franchise to the next level with somebody like Stafford. So, and I, and I know that people saying that that they want to trade 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 Stafford and not trade Stafford to get his value back up. But I think if I'm the Lions, I think you really need to you know, really need somebody to trade uh, uh to to look for to get the services of Matthew Stafford and uh, because I think the Lions should dip into the quarterback pool I uh, and I think they should uh, go with somebody at number three and and have Matt Patricia pick out the quarterback he wants at number three, uh, but and then you have the Washington Redskins at number two so. Conventional wisdom says that you, you uh, your first round pick last last year was Dwayne Haskins. You keep him, and then and, and then you 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 pair him up with uh, his uh, his old teammate from Ohio State, Chase Young, with a number two overall pick. But I don't. I think it would be a mistake by the Redskins to trade uh, to um to draft a quarterback like. To attack Viola or Justin Herbert at number two, because because I think Dwayne Haskins needs a chance. I think he deserves a chance. I think, uh, I I and, and I know Ron Rivera as would would like to pick out a quarterback of his own at number two, and and sure it worked with with him uh, with Cam Newton in Carolina, but I would give Dwayne Haskins a chance. G- give him at least a chance 
uh, to, to thrive under a full season with with the full gauntlet of training camp preseason starting week number one and th- this this was something I was begging uh, be- begging them to do last year with with Jay Gruden and when when I blasted the Redskins for not having the plan a quarterback this is what I mean what when when about uh, concerning Dwayne Haskins you need you need to give these young quarterbacks a chance if you draft a, a first round quarterback. Uh, at, at, in, the, in the top half of the draft, you need to start in week number one. The Redskins did not do that. And and the, the Giants didn't do that either, though they started Daniel Jones in week number three, and then, and then Kyler Murray, obviously, uh, w- with Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. So when, you, when you, ha- you have all of these in mind, are the Giants the biggest winners of all of this? Well, will the, will the Redskins get greedy and take a quarterback at number two and allow the pipe dream of Chase Young to the Giants go through at number four? I think, uh, and and obviously, I think Chase Young would be an absolute would, would be the. I think uh, I've been telling friends he he's the next Reggie White, and I think he, he'd be great for the Giants. But if if I'm the Redskins, you need to draft Chase Young at number two. Don't don't go it either way. Ch- Chase Young is a foundational piece. He is a franchise changing piece, j- just like Dwayne Haskins can be. So you you, ha- you have those two together. That then you can build all you can build a team around those two uh, on the offensive side and the defensive side. So I think there's so much so much to tackle here over the next several weeks regarding the NFL situations at. At quarterbacks for all all these teams, Cincinnati, um, Miami, Detroit, Washington. W- wonder what the Chargers are gonna do. We'll see. Their free agent plans will dictate how their draft plans are gonna go. Maybe Brady signs with the Raiders, and maybe, uh, uh, maybe Brady tries to do something with Gru- with with John Gruden, or Gruden tries to do something with Brady. But but. But there's about more than a quarter of the league this year is is in the quarterback market, and 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 for all the ways or not, the establishment quarterbacks are being broken down. Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers, and 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 all that. And we're gonna and, and I'll touch on the Steelers next week because I have I because I want to have something planned out regarding the Steelers next week. So so much to tackle over the course of the next uh, next few weeks in terms of the quarterback business. Boy oh boy oh boy! If you're a fan of the New York Yankees and with uh, and knowing that uh, the Yankees won 103 games with all the injuries that they had last season, but if you're someone for the Yankees, uh, is someone who roots for the Yankees. This this has been a nervous week for for Yankee fans. You have Giancarlo Stanton probably going to start the season on the injured list because uh, because of a calf injury. Luis Severino tore his uh, tore his UCL and he needs Tommy John surgery and his season is over. And I will stress this enough because uh, and I will will be fair here and and I and I try to be fair on everything here that. Just because they they have all these injuries doesn't mean the Yankees uh, can't thrive as we saw last year, but but you have to fact factor in that the Yankees really didn't have an, an ace like talent last year. They were gonna have two of them in Luis Severino and Garrett Cole. They signed Garrett Cole for aforementioned reasons concerning uh, concerning Severino, but 
I will. This is something that you really can't panic about if if you're the Yankees because because regardless, you still have elite talent across across your lineup with Aaron Judge and Glaber Torres and Miguel and Duhart. Seeing seeing what he can do coming off an injury, you got. Um, you you have so so much depth in, in your farm in, in your um in your outfield and you you have such a good bullpen at that you you have all all of those intangibles connected with them and I, I and I think the Yankees should should be fine right now with these injuries and I still think they're the team to beat I still see see a path to a championship without Severino but be, because of what they got in, in Garrett Cole this offseason but I would not worry a lot about the Yankees Thank you for listening to this episode of Hooked on Sports. Thank you to Anchor.fm for giving me a platform to produce simulating sports content. And thank you to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Radio Public, and Copy RSS for giving me more platforms. This is John Flynn speaking, signing off.